When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, no one ever thinks about the crew below the decks. They're drinking and they're partying and having lots of sex. They cook and clean and serve the rich with a smile all day. But when the richies leave the ship, the yachties get to play. yo 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 We're heading up the gangplank and going down below. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Gangplank Report. We are discussing episode 13, which Bravo called Hard Day's Night, and we decided to rename Sympathy for the Devil for a couple different reasons. And Jen is going to give you your recap. Okay, it starts off, Lexi returns to the table after her reprehensible comments, and it actually devolved even further. Back at the boat, she retreated to her cabin while everybody else broke off into smaller groups to talk about the madness of the night. The next morning, Delaney leaves and vowed in her confessional to take Stu off of her CV. David is limping even more, but insists he's okay. Katie fills Captain Sandy in on the drama, which leads to several small meetings. In the first meeting, Lexi spills that Matthew said he was going to give Sandy an ultimatum, and that gets the captain heated. The captain finally fires Lexi. Hallelujah chorus for this part of the show. (laughs) Sandy gives Katie the option to bring Delaney back as the third stew. The captain has a one-on-one with Matthew to remind him that he's replaceable. In her confessional, though, she admits that Luca doesn't have the experience that Matt does, so she's sticking with the devil she knows. The crew puts Lexi behind them and get the boat turned over. Katie makes the decision to do the last two charters with only her and Courtney. Somebody make that make sense to me. And three days into David's injury, Sandy finally notices the limp and rains fire down on Malia for not reporting the injury. And that's your rapid recap. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So lots to talk about. Lots. We've mentioned that maybe we will go over a little bit on this podcast from our normal timing because there's just so much to cover. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Watching this unceremonious exit with Lexi was interesting on a lot of different levels. I think it was interesting that Malia went to her and said, I know it feels unfair because Matt said some stuff too, and it feels like you're being singled out. But at the same time, Malia made a really good point to the captain that it's not the first time that she's done this. And it's also not the first time that Matt has done it, although Matt is more well-liked by the crew and a slightly more essential part of the crew. So I have a hard time with this for a couple of different reasons because Lexi doesn't own any of her behavior. She thinks they all deserve everything that she said and even tries to defend herself in that meeting with Sandy before she leaves and then throws Matt under the bus yet again by saying yeah well he said he was gonna give you an ultimatum if I stayed and she just doesn't stop with the low blows it's befuddling to me and for Sandy to say that she was graceful about her exit 
I'm starting to question Sandy's sanity and observational skills, to be honest with you. For her to say, Lexi, you seem like a really great person. How much exposure (laughs) must she have had to Lexi and her behavior? At the coffee pot in the morning is the only thing that I can think because I don't understand how she doesn't know. And you know how we had Captain Mel on. I lurked in the Club Bravo clubhouse room this past Tuesday and people were bringing up how is it that Sandy's done a complete 180 where she was super micromanaging, hovering over Kiko in basically every scene last year. And this season, almost all we ever see is the door shut to Sandy's cabin with her snoring behind it. (laughs) There's a balance. You don't have to do these giant pendulum swings from one side to the other. There's a middle ground to be had to where she can be aware. It doesn't have to be, I'm all over you, or I know nothing about what's going on on my boat. Well, thanks again to the Below Deck Reddit thread. We know that Sandy is back for another season. So maybe that pendulum swing was intentional because of all the backlash of last year to remove her a little bit more from front of face so that there's more egregious things happening that people get riled up about. I feel the same thing about Malia. Uh, This seems to be like her redemption season Mm-hmm. Although, based on what we will talk about in a little bit, I'm not sure that she makes it to the next season. Yeah. We haven't seen hiding her hair ever in any of the pictures from Malta, but I do feel like a lot of people are saying Malia's getting redemption this season. I think Malia just plays the game better. I can't get off of this. I know that I'm a broken record, but I really just think she plays the game better because we saw her talking to Katie and talking about how far Lexi takes it. And even though Matt is bad, that Lexi's just way beyond. And then we see her be the only one who says goodbye to Lexi. It's that same, I want to look like the good person here because I don't know which way fandom is going to fall is how it felt to me. Like that same thing that Lexi said earlier when she said, I feel like you're being insincere, comforting me about my dad. Yeah. I don't think some of the things that Lexi said were wrong. That doesn't mean that other things she said weren't foul and practically unforgivable, in my opinion. Right. But I do think she had a bead on Malia. I did get a little backlash this week. I don't know if you saw it. I got a little backlash from David about my comment about Malia treating Delaney differently than Z and wanting to I did to not be... see that. Yes. Well, he came back and said, well, was this on Twitter? Yes. He came back and said that Z came on, admitted he was green and Delaney came on saying she had hundred ton certifications and maybe that might be the difference. And then he hashtagged it just saying. So <laughs> I just said, look, you were on the boat. I'm just a viewer. So I can only base it off that. But I would think that there's a big distinction between a hundred ton license and a 900 ton license. And she got the stern line across on the first try. Isn't it hard? when something gets wet to throw it a second time and he never responded so apparently he just wanted to get it out of his system and defend Malia so okay it's fine (laughs) we can agree to disagree I still love you David I think you're awesome interesting Hmm. Mm -hmm. 
again, watching all of this with Lexi, when she basically shuns everybody who tries to come and talk to her and then reinforces it by saying, yeah, Katie tried to come and say bye to me and I just shut her down. Mm -hmm. Like that to me is not a graceful exit. That to me is not a person who understands that they're in the wrong and that they need to be a little bit humble I don't think she has a humble bone in her body no I don't think she does either and even when she was talking to her mom she has put up on Instagram thank you to our lovely friend James Pike for reposting it so I would see it she did post on Instagram that that conversation about having rich friends had nothing to do with the crew Which makes sense to me because I know that things that I said were taken out of context on my season. So it just makes her sound that much worse and they know it. Right, exactly. And she she thought that was shady. And I agree with her that that's shady. And I'm not saying the editing doesn't play a factor somewhat where you can take something out of context and make it seem like it's something else, Frankenstein it in somewhere. Yeah, but, but the you should have been aborted comment was not exactly, taken out of context. Exactly, that was not taken out of context, and she was sober. Everybody pointed out that Matt was the one who was drunk that night, and she was sober. She wasn't drinking that night. So everything she said was purely her. There's no impairment there unless you count the grief impairment, because when she talked to her mom on the phone, that's what she tried to put it on was she said that I don't want to tell them what my feelings are. They don't deserve to know about my feelings kind of thing. So I was getting the vibe that she was saying that. And we even said last week that him making the comment about her parents when her father had just passed was disgusting. So it bugged me that nobody brought that part up. Right. I mean, maybe they didn't, we didn't see it, but he got chucked under the bus multiple times, deservedly so. I was also in that clubhouse on Tuesday and I must have shown up a little bit later than you did, but I made the comparison about Dr. Monica's situation with Camp Getaway and what we're seeing now. It seems like the editing is showing a lot more of the needling that Matt is doing towards Lexi. Right. And which to her justifies her behavior Mm-hmm. Because she's been so vocal on social media about what a bunch of BS this all is because she can't defend herself necessarily because they're not showing all of the context. Right. And I think that this at this last two episodes really does put more of a microscope on what Matt is doing, mm-hmm. what Swag Nasty is doing yeah. in order to really push himself into a battleground with her and we see it when she comes back to the table and he says here comes the worst person in the world like right all he had to do was shut up and finish his meal and let everybody else have decent conversation and he just couldn't bring himself to do that I don't care how drunk he is Mm -hmm. he knows what he's doing exactly He, he knows what he's doing and so to see that made me really not like Matt in those moments. And in general, I think he's just a nudge. I think he likes to get involved in things that are none of his business, like continually telling Katie to fire her or to do something because he wants his room back. You're a child. You're acting like a child. And you're the last person who should be considered in all of this rooming situation because you walked off the boat twice. You jerk. Yeah, I took this way too deeply. I spelunked, scuba dove, whatever. (laughs) Took it way too deeply. And I was thinking about the fact 
that he left school when he was 16. So those are really formative years for gaining maturity, learning how to deal with authority figures, that kind of thing. We don't know that he went to Mexico immediately. We know he said he went to Mexico, but I don't know that he did that when he was 16 or 18 or what. But I do think leaving that young, a structured environment of authority makes you, he just comes off emotionally stunted to me, I guess. I'm I'm not a therapist. That's a very nice way to put it. I'm not a therapist. I don't play one on TV even (laughs) or on this podcast. I'm just saying he comes off very immature to me. And I wonder if that's from kind of just doing his own thing. If you are nice to him and you don't say anything negative to him, like a Courtney, you don't get any problems. If you are just a nice person in general, like a Katie, he's going to run roughshod over you. And if you compliment him, he's going to be your friend. But the minute there's any sort of confrontation, that's when the switch flips and he just gets foul. And I think he has the capacity to be as awful as Lexi. I agree with you. And we saw some of that. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate because it seems like he's talented. At the same time, that doesn't justify your behavior. Right. That doesn't negate the way that you treat people and the way that you speak and the things that you do. Right. And the fact that you walk away when it gets tough. Yeah. Because out of all of the things that he's done, to me, leaving the crew high and dry twice, it's really, especially in something that's only a six week span of time. Mm-hmm. that's a lot I mean right. we know that other chefs in the past have done it too and thrown mm-hmm. their temper tantrums and it's still not impressive to me right it's not a good look the one thing I will give him is that at least in his confessionals and even it seems so with some of the other crew members he acknowledged that he wasn't happy with his behavior he did say he wasn't going to apologize to her but I think there's no circumstance where he would feel the need to apologize to her but right. he was remorseful with his other crew members and saying he didn't like how he behaved probably because he realizes that he was in the wrong and Mm -hmm. that it made everybody uncomfortable and it was unnecessary right so Lexi finally gets off the boat we're happy about that I have been waiting for this now I'm wanting your guidance and opinion as somebody in the industry what in the heck is up with her not wanting to bring Delaney back. I know Delaney had already left the boat that morning, but what do you think is up with her not wanting to bring Delaney back for the last two charters? I'm having a hard time with this one. If Katie has managed a lot of people, then she understands that there's value in at least a set of hands. We didn't see Katie going out of her way too much during the charter that Delaney was there to Mm -hmm. show her how to do things or to instruct her. That was mostly on Lexi, actually. Right. So I don't get it either. I feel like you've got two charters left. I think you were the one who said to me, why don't we just stick Delaney in laundry constantly, stop this rotation stuff Mm -hmm. and have Courtney be the swing between service and the cleaning portion of the job. Right. I don't understand why Katie wouldn't want an extra set of hands. She has managed a lot of people before. Granted, she's been the one hiring them. So she's had the ability to weed out people who might not mesh well or who might not know enough to be able to do the job that she's hiring them to do. And this is a little bit of a different situation. 
At the same time, I can't see how it would hurt. You've got an extra bed now. You don't need to switch everybody around. That was one of her issues before. So that's Mm -hmm. not a problem anymore. I would keep Delaney. It seems like, and my prediction here is that because we see Sandy a couple different times say, okay, I'm letting you make this decision, but I don't want the guest experience to suffer. And if we see that start to happen, I wouldn't be surprised if Sandy brings her on and says, you know, I gave you the latitude to make a choice. You didn't obviously make the right one because you're not keeping up with the two people you have. And this boat normally runs with four. So I'm bringing Delaney back. Yeah. And I honestly kind of hope that happens. Not that I have any special affinity for Delaney, but I also just have a feeling that we're going to hear. I think we even saw it in the previews. I'm working 19 hour days. You try and be cheerful or whatever. I have sympathy for people when they can't control the situation, when they're in the driver's seat and make the wrong choice. My sympathies wane. And on this one, like you said, I felt like she could leave her as their permanent laundress. It's not a difficult gig. That's something they don't have to worry about then that gives them more time for service. And I'm basing that too on Patrick and Jennifer's charter where they even had Lexi. And even though Lexi was slacking, they still saw a slip in service. So I don't understand how two people plus a lexidaisical person is more difficult than two people. I just think, like you said, the extra pair of hands is going to make all the difference in service. So I don't understand it. I hope you're right. I hope Sandy steps in and says, no, this isn't working because it doesn't make sense. Their tip's not going to be affected anymore because right. it will be the same as when Lexi was there. I still think there's some headbutting that went on with Katie and Delaney that we must not have seen because the decision just doesn't make sense to me. Courtney doesn't even seem really enthused about it. I know she said to Z that she thought that the two of them could rock the charter together, but I don't know. Makes no sense. Yeah. Frustrating. I'm at a loss. Yeah, me too. So David with the limp. All right. I thought he was looking worse on day two. Okay. So he fell out of the hot tub the first night that Haley's group left. Then the next day they went to the falls and he was limping and he seemed sore and he said it was stiff. And that's when they did that little night vision spotlight on the bruise. But I thought the next day when they were turning over the boat, he looked the worst But somehow Sandy didn't see it until the third day when he was preparing to get in the harness. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I think that somebody must have clued her into that because we didn't see her really see him directly. You said maybe she peered around the side and saw him limping and saw him with the gear on and that's when she Mm -hmm. figured it out. But we didn't actually see her see him. Nope. And I feel like somebody might have clued her into that thinking maybe David is a liability. Wink, wink production. Yeah. (laughs) So it's possible that somebody went, "Uh, he's injured and that might not be a good idea and went to Sandy and said, hey, this is what's going on. Because we do see Malia multiple times go to him and say, are you okay? Do you need a doctor? How are you feeling? Are you okay? Several times. Throughout well, the course of those couple of days, she well, talks she to did him. the first day, and then the second day, Z, when they were coming back from the dinner, Z said, "Are you going to see a doctor?" And Malia, I don't know if you heard her say this, said, "See a doctor for a bruise." 
So mm-hmm. there's been two sides to this. And again, I don't know if she's trying to play the middle ground, but she also, when he offered to do that, she flat out told him to his face, I don't know that I should let you do it because you're injured. So she's recognizing that he's injured. So her later on, that blows her other argument with the captain out of the water. But I can't get a bead on what she really thinks because she said everything across the board, like it's not that big of an injury, but it's an injury to it might inhibit him from being able to go in the harness to it's just a bruise. Why see a doctor? So I can't really figure out what she thinks of it. But I do know that David consistently has said that he's fine and right. he can do it. The whole setup of Malia meet me at starboard after whatever it was when David was getting ready to go over in the harness. That seemed very soap opera dramatic to me because she could have easily gone to David or gone to Malia, either one. She could have said to Malia, hey, why is David limping? Or she could have gone to David and say, hey, why are you limping? But to put them together, it seemed... It seemed very over the top. Yes, like theater. I was really surprised. And then furthering that, the argument between Sandy and Malia in the bridge, where it just seemed like Sandy was not listening. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, she might have been mad. Mm -hmm. But it just seemed like she wasn't listening. And I was dumbfounded. Yeah. It just seemed really over the top. And I'm curious if this is the way that they get rid of Malia for the next season. Like we said, we know Sandy's back. But we don't know about the entire rest of the crew except for Z and Courtney returning. Yeah. And I wonder if this is their way to give an excuse as to why Malia is gone. Because the catchphrase for Sandy is, I just don't trust her anymore. And if that's the case, we've seen these little bitty breadcrumbs throughout the season where with the jet ski issue where Sandy said, you know, it just irks me that she's defending them instead of figuring out what's wrong and telling me because I know what's wrong and I know why a jet ski sinks. So why are you lying to me kind of thing? And we've seen a handful of these little things throughout the season. So I wonder if that's just leading up to the end of being like, you know what? I just, I can't trust you. And I think part of it too is, and this is kind of, this is so crazy that it's turning out like this. Last season, when all of this was going on, after the season was done, and they were still staying a united front on the maritime law, blah, blah, blah. I had said that were I their crisis PR manager, I would find a way to separate them, you know, to make them two individuals and not as a group, because then you're going to have some people that stay mad at Malia, some people that stay mad at Sandy, but it's not going to be a block of people, some who have problems with Sandy, some who have problems with Malia and are now amplifying their angst because they're a two-headed hydra. So that was my suggestion last year for crisis PR. And it's funny to see, I, nobody knew me, so I'm not saying that they took that, but I'm saying maybe I should look into a career in crisis PR because (laughs) that's kind of what they're doing. It's they're separating them. They're making them two separate entities so that sympathies can lie with one or the other. There are people who are going to say Sandy is absolutely right. 
Malia wasn't doing her job and she needed to be called on the carpet. She's gotten away with stuff, yada, yada, yada. Um, There's going to be the ones who say that Sandy's just a terrible leader. And over the top. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. Exactly. I feel like of the two of them, and from what we know, what little we know about what's going on in Malta right now, that Malia is the sacrificial lamb on this one. And I think so too. And if you think about it, the only time we've seen a change of captains was first season of Med with Captain Mark. They have been the consistent crew member throughout. We know that we're going to be seeing a little bit of that coming up at the start of the season of Below Deck Original. Right. But up to this point, the captain has been the consistent through line right. for each individual franchise. So it makes sense to me that Malia would be the sacrificial lamb. Because if you think about it, of the six, she's only been on three seasons now. Right. And Sandy's been on five. So it makes sense to me. At the same time, it feels theatrical. Yeah. I agree. I hate dissecting it to the point where it's not entertaining anymore. But at the same time, I also want to call BS when I think that it's just egregious. Yeah. And over the top. I mean, it just it's swearing and it almost sounded like she snickered when she turned around and went into her cabin and said, just get back and do your job or whatever she said. Yeah. It almost sounded like she snickered, like you would break each other up like in a Carol Burnett sketch or something or Saturday Night Live. Oh, totally. That, that seemed like an artificial escalation to me. Yeah, it really did. It was just so out there. But we'll have to see what goes on. It looks like there's a lot of deck issues in the previews. Things aren't going well. Sandy puts out her captain's promise that this is going to be a perfect experience for them. And we see Z face plant. We see the anchor. And that just turns into, Mm -hmm. you know, a a comedic tragedy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And maybe she might hit a dolphin. We don't know. I couldn't tell. I don't know what that would sound like. So I couldn't tell what that sound was. The concrete dolphins, not like flipper. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want PETA coming after me. (laughs) But we'll have to see what's going on. I have enjoyed the season. I think the season's going to be fine without Lexi as a foil. I think there's enough going on. We still haven't seen Luca yet. I'm excited to see what makes that happen. It'll be interesting. It will be. So we will check it out next week. Yes, we will. And this week's super fan interview is with Sidepiece Show's Melissa Feaster. And it is fun. We laughed a lot. And it's going to have to be a two-parter. So be sure to tune in both Wednesday and Thursday because we could not shut up. And please check out our super fan interview from last week with the charter guests from Below Deck Men. Right, with Haley and Danielle. That was a lot of fun. We learned a lot of stuff. I can't wait to meet Big Booty Judy. I know, I know. The fact that it had a name, period, just made me laugh. It was great. So don't forget, guys, please rate and review on Apple if you can. It really does help us out. We would appreciate it very much. And if you have any questions for us as it pertains to filming or yachting or the show, please feel free to email us at gangplankreport at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter. Absolutely. We appreciate you listening and we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye.
Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below music and lyrics by Angel Tweeter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Super fan intro by Blind Lawrence. Cast off me hearties.